Hello, and welcome to the Pardon Will Podcast. I am your host, David Lilly, and once again, I have a great guest with an amazing topic that we go deep into. Um, but before I get into that, um, I did want to do a little bit of a plug for myself. Um, heads up, this podcast is actually growing pretty well, and uh, it's getting bigger. And where it started off as just a fun project is now starting to get some traction and that's all because of you the listener um the you liking and subscribing and telling your friends and family about it has grown this podcast and so i want to say thank you and if you want to go above and beyond and uh, since i'm a greedy capitalist um or or i'm pretty much basically doing a bernie sanders um uh once again i'm asking you for donations or however he does it um I, I'm, if you want to give to the podcast, you're absolutely open to do that. You can go to patreon.com and subscribe, um, where not only do you help fund the podcast, uh, I send you art in the mail and all over the internet and anything else that I do um, outside the podcast. You get you get complete access to that. And if you want to give like a one time gift, like it's a, you know, like I feel really bad for this guy, you can just give me like 50 cents. Um, that'd be fine. That helps goes towards the podcast. But if you were like, yeah, I just want to give a one-time gift just to show I support, you can go to anchor.fm slash pardon will, and you can do that there under the support button. But there's also, on top of that, there's also a message button. So if you're like, you know what? I really want to give this guy a piece of my mind. Um, you can actually leave a voicemail. And uh, you know what? If I think it's if, if I think it's right enough, I'll actually put it on the podcast. You get a, like a mini shout out, be like a mini guest and, uh, you, you know, I'll air it on the, on the podcast and everyone gets to hear, um, how terrible I am through your mouth. And that would be awesome. But anyway, long rant. So my guest this week is a political commentator. He's a writer and director. Um, he also is the host of, uh, the politics people podcast um he's he's been around he knows a ton of people he's actually interviewed some guests that i would dream to interview um guests such as um the rapper zuby um who's also a cultural commentator um that that episode is really cool he also interviews the late and great john mcafee and so um this was an awesome conversation uh, awesome conversation um and i really enjoyed it but we really hone in on the idea of free speech um the boundaries and the benefits um, how, how, if, how, and why it's being oppressed and how that affects you as a listener. Like what, what that, what that affects you in your everyday life. And it definitely does. And so we dive into the weeds in that. And I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. And so bef- without going into a giant long rant, here's my interview with Paul Dudridge. I have a very special guest with me tonight. Um, his name is Paul Dudridge. Um, he is a writer, a director. He's uh, actually has a long list of things he's accomplished and things he's done in his life. Um, he's a political commentator, um, or yeah, that's right, commentator. Am I correct on that? Or yeah, you can, yeah, you can call them comments. I, 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 uh, <laughs> I think that's very generous of you. Oh, is that okay? Good. Well, I appreciate that. Um, mate, you, you, you have a, a long career within film and and and. And, and writing, I think you're also a comedy agent, um, and you, you do a yeah. lot of stuff. But nowadays, you you have a podcast. You're the host of a, a podcast called The Politics People um, Podcast. You're also on um, Talk Radio UK. Am I correct on that? Yeah, I, I I'm nominally the US correspondent. I, I I'm a regular. I do it every Sunday. I do a slot on a comedian called um, Bob Mills, okay. uh, his show. Oh, very cool. So, yeah, I just get to talk about U.S. politics and uh, um, any Floridian criminals in the news that week, basically. <laughs> but, yeah, very it's cool. just the sound of my own voice 
That's all I care about. That's it. Okay. That's, yeah, me too. Oddly, yeah. oddly enough, yeah. it's the sound of my own voice. It puts me to sleep yeah. at night. Um, <laughs> man, you you're out in California, are you not? Is that where you're at? I am. Yeah. Are you yeah. in? Are you out of Hollywood? Was I like? Are you in that area? Since you do a lot of writing, directing stuff like that. Well, yeah, I'm in Los Angeles. Yeah. Okay. To um, me, I'm in New I, York. All of that's the same to me. When you say California, all I think is Los Angeles. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, it's a weird, it's a, it's a curious state. Because, I, do you know what I found out the other day? For the first time, I didn't realize this because uh, I took my kids to the beach with some parents from their school and we were talking. And the, I'd heard of like expat communities from England in Los Angeles. Okay. And so they were asking me if there were expat communities. And I said, yeah, I don't really hang out with them. I came to America to be American, basically. <laughs> so. yeah. But then they said like, yeah, we hang out with some expats from Chicago. And I'm like, you have you have American expats within the United States. Apparently, it's a thing in people in Los. So many transient, transitory people come to Los Angeles that yeah. um, it's just a great big hub, melting pot, whatever you want to call it, for other communities. They okay. so Americans within America have expat communities. <laughs> so. Okay. I only found that out on Friday. So I, I, I wanted to share it with you. I have a weird feeling that someone made that up and then they lied to you. <laughs> like that. Yeah, I get that all the time. <laughs> no. It's like Thanksgiving. I'm like, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But they're sticking with it. They're sticking with it. No, it's fine. Labor I'm, Day. I believe it now, so I'm going to go ahead and pass that on. Um, but yeah, I'm out, I'm out in New York, so California is all the same to me. But I, I want to start this off with the first question because I, I think about this question a lot and a lot of um, the people I talk to are, you know, in politics, uh, a lot of them are running for, you know, office in, in certain parts. And um, and I run with a very libertarian crowd. Um, most of them are conservative libertarians, but for the most part, they are libertarian, which means the conversations are always very interesting. But one thing I've always noticed when talking to them is uh, especially libertarians, um, they love policy. They love talking about policy, um, policy change, who to vote for, who to get in, who, who to not get in. And, and then they always run into this question. I mean, I'm not I'm not dissing on any of my libertarian friends because I'm I'm in that same boat with them, um, but they always think like you know if, if we get the right thing in, which is absolutely true when it comes to politics. You do the right thing, you play the right steps, everybody gets that you want gets voted in, and then things change. <clears throat> and then you being a writer and director and being out in California and kind of rubbing shoulders with those particular people, and then also working within politics in, in that, I always wonder how much, how much how much do people put in on like, well, we got to get the right people in versus how much do you think that it would matter if the culture changed? Because everyone's talking about the, you know, the big, the cultural arguments of our day, you know, I mean, that's the big thing in the news. And I always wonder, I, I think that's the thing I butt up with most libertarians the most is they're always like, we got to get the right policy. I'm like, well, you know, even the policy is not going to get voted for if they're culturally not aligned. So, why not spend more time in the cultures, like doing things like writing film, stuff like that? How do you feel about that? Did I did I explain that question properly? Yeah, I think so. I think so. How granular does anybody want to get in politics and how much do they think that that approach is going to actually solve anything or yeah. bring about the ideal? Yeah, yeah, I would say that. I, I, I don't... Listen, uh, uh, Trump aside, because I think Trump is seen uh, as he is the person to get in. I think I think there's I think there is wariness about absolutely anybody else from any other uh, stripe of politics at all, any other professional politician, because I, 
it's it's too much of a it's too much of a trope to say, but people just don't trust that they will do what they say they're going to do when they get in. So yeah, absolutely. I think Trump is the one of the reasons that he's so popular uh, and remains popular is is that he is seen as somebody that does. It, it gets said a lot, but it gets you know it's not to be underestimated. He does do what he says he's going to do. And I think a lot of libertarians would be satisfied if somebody just did what they said they were going to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's the victory of hope over experience for libertarians to think there is one person, frankly, other than Trump, that isn't going to be compromised somehow if they ever get in a position of power. Yeah. Um, that's my problem with libertarians is, is that it's, it's a fantastic concept, but it, it's a bit like playing Dungeons and Dragons or something. It's like you didn't really fight a dragon. That didn't really happen. <laughs> you know, okay. it, it was just a, you know, uh, you know, an imaginary game you rolled dice for. But God bless you, you sweated and it you, was you, tense, but you, nothing really happened. Of, there was a lot of work in those D&D games, man. I put a lot of work in those D&D games. Um, <laughs> but I here, going back to the Trump thing, the thing that I, I, I picked up on this, and I think that's why he kind of shifted the whole Republican Party into a populist movement, is because he was um, he was already in the culture. And that's that's kind of why I pick like Trump is trying. He could have he could have had a ton of policies and then backed off of them. But that's not what got him elected. I mean, there's a few things everyone speculates on, like what got him elected and what put him in the office um, and also what kept his attitude the same where he didn't. Like he made a bunch of mistakes that I think of, but he didn't. He never like changed. What? I think he should have fired a lot more people. I know that's pretty cliche, especially him coming off the Apprentice of saying you're fired. Um, I think he he could have. I think I don't know if he obviously I'm not in politics. As a matter of fact, I'm a little bit new to the politics game. Um, I've just been right. paying a lot of pen, attention to this, and I think I mean I would have fired Fauci uh, like a month into this last year. Um, I would have. I would have just done it. Um, and that's just one guy. Um, but other than that, I don't know what else he could have done because I think he rode the culture harder than he did. I think the- it's like the Matrix, though. I think it's like the Matrix. I think you know. What you, do you mean? You you kill you kill one agent off, and, and it's they- exactly the same guys replicated. I don't I don't think you know Fauci is a product of the environment. He's a product of the federal funding. He's the product of um, federal power. You know, the, the, okay. it, it's the seven-headed hydra. You know, you're just going to keep cutting off heads and they're going to grow back, you know? But don't it's, you – well, couldn't I mean, I would have to assume he knows enough people he could have made his own target. He could have done something different instead of, you know, hiring someone into his cabinet that he thought he trusted and then obviously later on them either resigning or him firing them because he did fire a lot of people. Yeah, I, I listen, I, it's the coulda, shoulda, wouldas. I, 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 I hear you, but I don't call that a mistake. I think it was an inevitability. You've got oh, to remember, a good that's a good point. His, his party wasn't, he wasn't a Republican, and the Republicans weren't even on his side. Well, yeah, and that's my point when it comes to the culture. I think he's more of a cultural figure than he is a politician. I think that's what got him in. I mean, the kid, guy was on Will's uh, Fresh Prince. No, I agree with you. I, 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 think all that's, I think all that's true, but it doesn't, reduce at all his effectiveness as a politician in my opinion i think it i think he pulls back the curtain and shows how rudimentary politics could be and can be yeah i actually think um, it goes the opposite i think it actually enhanced his politics and that's what i'm saying he's already a cultural figure sure, he's no, not trying to I, prove himself to anything has he already no, made I, it i'm in? with you i i yeah I, but 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 to that point then i don't see the benefit of 
I, you know, getting bogged down with firing this person or that person and expecting a new, a different type. You know, it's just like he was, he was fighting the establishment and the very notion of the establishment. Look, I mean, you, you got me on that. I, when he says drain the swamp, I don't even know how or what that means. Um, how do you drain a swamp? I don't think he has the capability. I mean, he kind of spoke out of his ass on that one. It's because did he even really have the power to pull that off? Did you vote for him? No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't you regret vote for him. it. Um, this year, I think I am. I think I didn't vote this year or the year before. I, I'm, I'm, like I said, I didn't start. I didn't grow up to start voting until 2018. I, I voted locally um, for the governor, and then that's when I almost voted this year. Um, but I, I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know. I, I was, I was a little confused on this because, like I said, I, that's fair enough. W- would you say you're a Trump supporter now, though? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know if I would say. I, I, I honestly supporter. don't know anybody that I don't know anybody that can't be. I, it's just like well, well, anybody that isn't a Trump supporter. I don't know I what it means to get. be a supporter. Okay, so if say like, do I support his policies? Do I support his character? Did I support his room? Like, who gives his, a fuck his, about the policies? Can I swear on this? Yeah, yeah absolutely. All the time, you can swear. A ton. Who cares about policy? I don't care about policy. It's like, look, there's one battle going on. There's only one battle, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. And Trump might not be the Messiah, but he's at least the John the Baptist, you know? Who would go John the Baptist? Well, he got his head cut off. I guess that kind of does make sense. They they really martyred him. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. I think, you know, he might be the harbinger of something better to come. But I think he's brilliant. Uh, and I think he is hugely important. Uh, the, the, the point is, the battle is, uh, it almost makes me weep when people think about i don't care what the policies are i I really i couldn't give a monkeys we never used to give a shit about policies in the west i totally agree didn't care uh you know uh, a low tax government would get in to be replaced by a high tax government and that's what went on back and forth and we were all just simpletons and I, i you know i'm 54 years old and i'm you know, I can remember sort of politicians having served in World War II and then sort of coming into the 80s and all. You know, yeah. it's, it's like you see a, a, the full sort of uh, cavalcade of, of uh, culture and politics merging. What What's happened, I think, it's too easy just to call it globalism, but it's globalism. It's corporatism. Oh, I totally we, have handed, yeah. we have handed over our governments in the West and this is why Brexit was so important. We've done it in the United States. We've handed over our governments to uh, at least the drug companies and at least the um, the uh, uh, the military industrial complex yeah, and definitely to the Federal Reserve. Absolutely. We, yeah. we, we come together as people, as, as individuals and then families and then communities. And that all makes sense to us. That's where we are on an evolutionary level, on an anthropological level, that's all. We, we basically handed, we, we live in a big casino now. We handed over the right to produce our currency to something that is not of us yeah. at all. That's all that's going on. The policies are almost, you, when you have a family over for Thanksgiving and you give the kids coloring books and a little table of their own to have their own little meal. That's policies, as far as I'm concerned. These are just okay. distractions for people. The fundamental thing that's gone on is our country, and you know, I, I, the UK dealt one tiny blow by getting out of the EU. Yeah. You know, and they need more help to shore that up. But 
the, the U.S. dealt one tiny blow electing Trump. You know, we are trying to fight out of this thing. I, I don't think in any other time in history it would even be necessary for a Trump to come along. But our country has been sold from under us. We don't act as a nation anymore. We act as the, we act as a client state for the Federal Reserve. We are the. the this country has been hijacked, I believe, to shore up the value of the uh, Federal Reserve, to, to shore up the value of the dollar. Oh, absolutely! It, yeah. it, it, it informs our foreign policy. It informs our immigration policy. It's the only way we can achieve growth in this country. We don't become more productive, particularly year on year with our work or our output. So we have to keep increasing the competition and driving wages down, et cetera, et cetera. Also, the, the dollar can be worth one to three cents more a year. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You know, and we're doing we're doing things in the name of that that are completely outside the bounds of what we thought um, a nation should be, and that's why there's such a there's such a cognitive dissonance in society at the moment. We th this is not happening by accident. We are not, you know, the, the Haiti, the Mexico, the Texas borders, all these things. These aren't happening by accident. They're actual deliberate policy, and there's no there is no conspiracy theory. By the way, yeah, I'm yeah. not a believer in any conspiracy <clears throat> theories. I don't believe them at all. This is not a conspiracy. This is being done in front of your face, and they tell you they're doing it as they're doing it. Yeah, yeah it's to expand the, the 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 the. We are not a country anymore. We're not a nation. We are the conduit for the dollar, and 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 that's it. And we don't even own the dollar, I mean, which you, we should. You sure do sound like a libertarian. Just a heads up. I mean, these are the, the conversations. No, I've no, had I a lot don't. Listen, I, I think, you know, I think it's innate and human to be a libertarian. I just think, again, the weirdly, the libertarians are too conformist for me. They, 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 really? they well, I mean, part? they are the actual, the, you know, the actual libertarian party, the actual absurdity of some of the debates they have. Gotcha. You know, the, the, the oh, house is on fire and they're ridiculous. arguing about driver's yeah. licenses. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Hey guys, I don't know if you know this, um, but not only am I a podcaster, but I'm also an artist and a pretty decent one at that, if I might say so. And if you were like, you know what, I don't believe this guy, I don't think he's that good of an artist, um, you can go check out my work at etsy.com slash shop slash pardon will. And then when you're convinced, you can also purchase all my artwork there. Now, it's not just, you know, original artwork. There's also prints and you can change sizes. So you're like, you know, I like this piece, but I don't want it too big. I want it this way or whatever. Um, you can go there and peruse my entire category that I have for sale. Um, and everything starting from like $5 and up all the way sky's the limit. So if you're like, you know what, um, not only do I want to judge this guy's voice and his attitude, I want to judge his art as well. You can go there. Um, and if you can't find that, you know, Etsy's not your thing. You can also go to my website, pardonwill.com. But um, if you're uh, wanting to check it out and want to buy a piece of art and you go to the Etsy, um, use promo code podcast. And that'll get you 10% off. And that's my way of saying Thanks for listening, um, and I hope you're enjoying the podcast. I hope you enjoy my art, um, and that is just for you. So if you're listening to the podcast, you want to check it out, go to etsy.com slash shop slash pardonwill. Use promo code podcast, get 10% off. Um, you won't regret it. It's There's a subtle shift that I'm saying. I wasn't – I actually – I'm still somewhat independent, but I wasn't libertarian at all about two years ago. It was the first time I voted, and I voted for a libertarian candidate, um, Larry Sharp, for New York governor. Um, that was the first time I ever voted, because that was something I... I, I like most libertarians, I kind of wanted to stick it to the man. Um, and this was 
during the Trump presidency. And I think, and that's where I go back to the Trump thing is I think, I think he was a, if I would support him, the reason I do support in some aspects he does, but things I don't is I don't know enough about how the mechanisms work. I can, I hear, I mean, I live in the culture just like everyone else does. So I hear all like, you know, orange man is bad. And then I hear like, you know, you know, if everyone else doesn't have the orange man, the whole world's going to go to go to the crapper real fast, like all falling down in flames. And, and I understand he couldn't do a ton because he was being impeached every four seconds while being in office. And I understand like, that's a hard concept as well. So I give, I give the main credit on that. And still while in office, he, guy should have got the Nobel Peace Prize um, easily um, for what he did. So I, I support a ton of stuff he did. Um, I I think I support the cultural move. He, he was kind of a middle finger. And I think that's, I mean, coming from a punk rock background, it was hard for me to watch all, you know, my punk rock liberal friends um, be like, Trump is bad. I'm like, dude, Trump is kind of punk rock. I don't know if you haven't noticed this. but he is punk. Johnny Rotten. Johnny Rotten supported him. Yeah, John, but he was, I mean, who, I mean, who is it? Rage Against the Machine? Is is like completely sold out. Like all these bands that I grew up, there was another one, Bad Religion. They did the same thing, and all these bands that I knew, they're like, you know, anti-establishment, are all shilling for the establishment now. And I don't know if it just comes with age. I mean, I'm getting older. You're getting older. How come we're not shilling for the establishment? And and that's the thing that I'm kind of confused by. I think Trump was the middle finger to the system, and I like that. But well, I think that encouraged me more yeah, to vote libertarian. No, I, I completely agree. I mean, I just. Look, the, the 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 fact is, all the bands you've just named—they're all in the entertainment industry. That you know, they're all in—they record and they release and they yeah. distribute, and uh, uh, you know, they're, they're they're not sort of ethereal being beings. Not sort of—I'm uh, not—I'm not suggesting that they're dishonest or insincere. They're just—they're human, and they're—they're they're absolutely wrong. I think you're absolutely correct in your. Uh, analysis of Trump being punk. I think he's absolutely was the punk president. It's it's it was you know purest kind of do it yourself. We don't need anybody else, and we don't need to take. I mean, he, he, the guy stood at the UN and said that uh, I think he was at the UN when he said it, but he said that uh, I'm not a globalist. I'm a nationalist. Yeah, which is yeah beautiful. I mean that that's you know that's independent label right there. You know. Yeah. No, I totally uh, agree. Yeah. I was just going to say, I, I, I think there's less to it than meets the eye. When you've got every trusted news network, which is still only owned by like five organizations, but when you've got every trusted news outlet um, empty in a bucket of shit on you every single day, yeah. it's the same with Brexit. You know, Brexit won by 52% to 48 No, you I know? remember that. Yeah. If, there, if there had been legitimate kind of um, coverage of it it would have been 65 70 percent you know well i mean we're seeing that even more so nowadays i mean it's if it's not so blatantly honest i mean blatantly in front of your face that you're being lied to on a daily um i think there if there wasn't a canary in the coal mine beforehand covid would kind of have to be it because i don't know anybody who's going I mean, the amount of tweets I see on Twitter being like, I voted for Biden, and it's like the one thing I regretted the most out of last year. And I think everyone's kind of waking up. And this is the thing I talk with my libertarian friends is there are a lot, a lot of them are kind of blackpilled. They're like, you know, the world's, it's just, it sucks, man. It's never coming back. And I'm like, I don't know if, I think they're boiling the water a little too fast for all the frogs, because it seems like a lot of frogs are popping up going yeah, like, no, what's it's, going it's, on here? It's going to come back. Listen, I, 
it's absolutely going to come back. I mean, this is the thing. I'm a huge optimist always, you know. So look what the world's been through. I mean, for fuck's sake, the existence of the United States, all all that happened, all that happened is the Federal Reserve. That That's the thing yeah. for me. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. And that was... That's almost. Oh, sorry, my neck's hurting. No, it's almost like that thing in Pinocchio, you know, when he he basically trusts the fox and stuff with his school books and things. It's yeah. just we just we've been had. You can't have a country that's thirty trillion dollars in debt and about to be forty trillion dollars in debt. Yeah, and be the world's number one currency without shoring that currency up with uh, weapons and with military action. You can't have oil. You know, the, the, you, these are the original sins, really, is the Federal Reserve and and the oil being sold by the, the dollar. You know, a yeah. country, to buy a barrel of oil, a country has to go and buy dollars. So the dollar is our actual product. Yeah. You know? No, it, and it that, makes the, sense. But you know, and... We're and that's how the system's rigged, and and we we as you know American citizens, which I'm proud to be, end up reaping that whirlwind because obviously we tread on so many other nations to do that, you know. And this is not a new thing, you know. People like Charles Lindbergh were talking about do not get involved in foreign wars, etc. You know, yeah. we pulled up the drawbridge quite sensibly to avoid that. That's the very reason that you know my ancestors don't come from the United States, didn't come to the United States. But lots of people's did because they were getting away from that kind of uh, European, uh, the, the European approach to geopolitics, yeah. if you like, empire building. Yeah. And, and we, we've revisited it again because we are now, we've maxed out 27 credit cards and we're going to max out 28. And you just keep going. It's just a, a maxing out credit card binge. Yeah. And yeah, that's no, the only way that. we can fuel this thing. And that's why nobody quite understands why, what's going. You never see the Amish. The Amish never have a boom and bust. They never, you don't see the Amish in the Depression having no food or yeah. the Amish, you know, suddenly, you know, all driving Audis in the 80s. Or yeah, that's you know, it's, yeah. it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like it isn't inevitable that an economy has to suddenly go through boom and bust. You know, well, that's not an inevitability. What would be your What would be your suggestion? I mean, how do you get How do you get rid of the federal? Reserve? Wasn't the federal reserve supposed to be temporary in the first place? If I'm not mistaken, yes, it was. Yeah, I believe that's the case. No, I, I would just have this. I would have the the country own the the uh, the dollar. I, I would have it not interest based. Is the point? Gotcha. I really like that thing of the the dollar actually being pegged to and like the average, like an hourly wage, for instance. You mm -hmm. know. Yeah, no, that's a good. Point. X amount for. And when you start when you start pegging your currency to your productivity, then actually you can start bringing it back within the the bounds of reality, as opposed to it is now based on. You, you see it in the stock market. You see it. You know the 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 thing that sort of caused the stock market crash. Um, the last one was the trading of derivatives. Yeah. You know, when you can bet on something that doesn't really exist, you're always going to overheat an economy. You're always going to end up with, you know, huge bets being taken. And that's all fine. But, I mean, look, it's 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 too much of a trope to just say, you know, you used to be able to take a dollar into a bank and get a dollar's worth of gold. That was true. It's too much of a trope. Yeah. It's now been exaggerated so much. The minute that they figured out that everything can be worth something, you start you, you i'll take you to the european union i'm waffling but the no, european no, you're fine. union yeah the european union in its in its core principles 
looks for the free movement. Uh, I think it's um, capital. I think it's capital and goods and people. They literally lump together those those three things because you have to. You have to have that free movement of people. And it's just like, how, how can you put people and capital and money all in the same breath, all in the same policy? Yeah. It's because they don't matter anymore as long as the... We, we've all been turned into... We've all been turned into honeybees carrying the little dollar of pollen on our back. You know what I mean? We're not... In, the, in and of ourselves. we're not wanted, you know? As long as we go and keep using our... Uh, ourselves to go and cross-pollinate this dollar all over the place. That's our role in life, yeah. is to use the dollar. And that's why it doesn't matter what nation we are, how we merge with other nations, whether there are borders or anything, as long as the dollar is used. And it's like, that's the that's the inherent underlying problem, because we as humans create communities and nations. And that, that that's our boundary, and we can't quite understand. And that's, the, as I said, the cognitive dissonance. We can't figure out our role anymore because our job is to actually keep inflating the economy every year. It's $30 trillion in debt. It's now We're now more in debt than the actual gross national product of the country. Now, how much is that you know? us spending versus us printing every time they print out another? Well, I think we, I think in taxation, we raise about $3.7 trillion a year. Okay. And last year, I think we spent $6 trillion. So I think you know, we we doubled know. the outgoings. That, well, you know, last year we basically printed another two point three trillion, yeah. and that's how we've ended. So we only took um, three point seven. But you got to remember, then we spend eight hundred and twenty-five or eight hundred and fifty billion of that, like a quarter of the actual tax re uh, return. Uh, we actually t use that for the military, and that's necessary to be able to go around the world telling people that the dollar is still worth X amount. And keep it moving in its steady position, at least being somewhat valuable. Because if you didn't, there's a possibility it could crash for the most part. It, it, it would. Well, look at um, look at Somalia with a civil war. Yeah. Uh, up until 2019, its official currency for a while there was uh, counterfeit. It was just really well printed. Oh, nice. Okay. So they, and that, that's all the currency is, is what do we think it's worth? Yeah. And so because they were, they were prepared to overlook the fact that it was not printed by a central bank, it was literally printed by gangsters, but there was very few of them had color photocopiers, so it was good enough. So it became yeah. the currency, you know, we take that to an extreme level where we will spend a quarter of tax revenues on ammunition to yeah. send around the world to tell people no it's also worth 30 trillion dollars yeah if that ever it, you know if anybody ever calls that loan in that 30 trillion then the whole thing goes belly up hmm. but that that's our role is to shore up that dollar you know how do you feel about because it seemed like what you were explaining the first part and i don't know very little about this but austrian economics how do you feel about that is that do you know anything about that is i think what you were explaining the, the idea that currency is where it Currency was linked to gold, but now it's actually linked more to labor than it is anything. Um, or at least the way community and the way it functions with inside of a community. That's That sounds very Austrian economic style, which is a lot of a lot of libertarians pull that out. It's the almost basic sense that the, the amount of a dollar can adjust according to desire and according to usefulness. And so um, yeah. if, if you think about gold, gold, gold has utility, but it doesn't make sense for money to be other than it being a commonwealth kind of like agreement um it doesn't make sense for that to be anything i, I, I might be putting words 
in, in no no in you're not at all no the, the value of gold was because it was finite yeah supposedly yeah that's where the whole you know role of alchemy came in trying to create you know trying to create gold from base metals yeah but it was yeah. because gold was finite you could say that it was yes it had some utility but it was it was beautiful in and of its own right, but you couldn't go and recreate it elsewhere. So it, yep. you could actually say this thing had some value. It's because it's non-fungible. And so it's almost, almost yes. the same way crypto is moving in the same sense. And so. exactly, exactly. Well, every, every single currency does. That's, exa that's exactly what the, that's the business model of any currency. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. look, it's the same thing. If we end up um, bartering between ourselves, if you and I just have neighboring farms, and we live a very agreeable life because we just barter between one another, we will still end up having to fill a tax return at the end of the year. And that, that, the, the value of that barter will actually still be um, nominated in or denominated in dollars. Yeah, yeah. I guess you, you kind of you know? have to have dollars to be able to tax someone because the government's not going to come up, pick a, a basket of potatoes and say you're even. So it would make sense for that to be involved. And, and this is the point. And the government, whilst it should be just representing our best interests, is actually delivering us to the distributor of this dollar. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty unfortunate, man. Um, I was like, hey, how do we talk about... How do we talk about something um, a little bit lighter? Some A conversation I want to ask you about. I know it's not going to get any lighter. Um, I want to talk to you about what you think free speech is and where we're heading now as far as cultural go. Um, and how, how this works with where we're at now. Cause I know we had a conversation or at least we were involved in a conversation on clubhouse and that was the first time I think I'm trying to think of the term. Are you a free speech totalist? I think was that oh, absolutist. I think I absolutist. Said, wasn't it? that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I think, I think that's where I'm at too, but, um, I'm a, I'm a big, a big fan of Charleston, uh, Chesterton. He says, you never remove a fence um, until you ask why the fence was there in the first place. And so I think about that because I know free speech has, you know, been the, an amendment for a long time, but it was never actually practiced because we, I mean, George Carlin got arrested for some things he said on stage. So, you know, free speech has always been stifled for the most part in all of American history um, until now Then we're having this big debate on what's okay to say, what's not okay to say. And, and I'm wondering how that how that plays in are we just didn't, now realizing but, but he might have been he might have been arrested but i think he beat the rap though didn't he yeah he did but it was the idea that there was you could say naughty words back then and go to jail for it whereas now you can go to twitter jail but that's about it um and and that's what i'm well, i mean you probably go worse than that i don't know i'm just saying i don't know how how often you know 50 years ago people thought about the term even thought about the first amendment even being important you know i don't know how important it was 50 60 years ago but now it seems very important and it's something someone talks about or at least thinks about a lot um and you being an absolutist how do you feel how do you feel explain to me what that is so i can see if i if i am one or not yeah well i just can't think i think we have so many mechanisms in our own life to switch off the tv or to leave the room or to leave a conversation that I can't think of a single thing ever being said that any other free citizen in this nation should stop another free citizen expressing. I don't, I don't care what it is. I really don't care. There isn't a, a, a phrase that they could utter that would, uh, in the free speech sense, uh, offend me. I think that um, 
we're already cu- we're already covered with incitement to riot, incitement to violence. Yeah. Um, you know, shouting fire in a crowded building, etc. Because that would be an action that would be seeking to cause public disturbance. So I think all that makes sense. I would never, I'd never um, stand up for somebody's right to cause a riot or to cause um, uh, any kind of uh, any kind of public disturbance like that. But any, I mean, literally any. See, the problem with the George Carling thing and the difference with the Twitter is and well i suppose there are some similarities is that the minute the police arrive the state is getting involved mm-hmm. in telling free citizens what they can and can't say yeah absolutely you know yeah and, so i mean and, but that resembles what i mean if you oh let me ask this question real quick before we go any further do you believe that you know social media is the new common ground the new marketplace um, the new, almost yes, like a utility. Yes, it is, yes. Do you think it as it a is. utility? It is, it's a utility. Yeah, it is, okay. It is, it, it, well, the thing is, it's, it's, it, it seeks protection under Section 230 of the Digital Communications Act. I think it's, that's what the act yeah, is called. Yeah, I think so too. To be a utility, it says it's the phone company. Yeah. That's the thing. And therefore should be deaf to the content that's carried on it. Yeah. And it isn't. It's acting like a publisher, yet it can't be sued as a publisher. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's where I fall in line too. I'm, I I totally absolutely agree. I just but that's not about, about that free speech. That's not about free speech. That's corporatism. Oh that's, yeah, absolutely. You know. But I mean that, that's the thing. That's an aberration. But it links to it. If if anything, if corporatism. I mean, if I was if I was a head of a corporation, and the last thing I would want is someone coming out. Or, or tweeting out a video of, you know, say I, I own a chain of hamburger joints and then someone takes a video of, you know, this burger had a roach in it and then it goes viral. The last thing I want is, and this is just an arbitrary, like, thought. Like, I'm just using, I mean, I, we could go political with it, but that'd be too easy because there's so many I could point to. Um, but just saying, like, you know, this thing goes viral. If I was McDonald's, I would be like, you know, let's, how, can I call up the guy at Twitter? Can I call up Jack and be like, Jack, remove all of these because I don't need this for my product. And last thing I need is less you know people come to mcdonald's because that's how i make my money and if i had his ear in my pocket the way the government or even vice versa i'm not even sure who's i don't know whose hand is in whose pocket when it comes to this situation maybe both um i i think i would be able to do i think that's where free speech comes into is if i go to mcdonald's and there's a roach in my hamburger and i want to tell the world that hey keep an eye out on number four because it might have a roach in it I should be allowed to do that. But if I do that and all of a sudden I'm ghosted or kicked off Twitter because I posted something that a corporation didn't like and they had, like I said, they had a communication with that platform, then it's not a utility at all. No, and, exactly. Well, uh, no, yeah, well, they're, they're policing content, aren't they? They're publishers. Yeah. No, I mean, look, I think if, if you can be, um, we already have, you know, defamation laws and in the UK we have libel laws, etc. We already have mechanisms for you to be, um punished or challenged if you lie yeah you know if you lied about a corporation so it isn't it isn't for um twitter to police that or regulate it or referee absolutely yeah my only point with any of those companies is the moment that the government has any form of account on facebook uh twitter instagram and they all do government departments the moment they have that the idea of precluding citizens from using those um, platforms, I, ju- I just think, goes against the. Um, if it's not the First Amendment, uh, it's going to be like the Fourth Amendment or the Fifth. No, it's not the Fifth. Maybe, is it the Tenth? There's like a good one on the Tenth. But it basically, it, it's the. It's 
easily the First Amendment. I mean, you are easily. banning, you're precluding somebody's free speech because whichever way you cut it, that is the public square. And for me, that's proven by the fact that the government is on it. If the government's got a Twitter account, any kind of Twitter handles, that is a government outlet. That is a government liaison. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. With your own federal government, you're not allowed to, you're, you are then precluded from actually engaging with your own government. That, I don't see how that can stand. I, I, I don't even remember the day I woke up and the government was using Twitter like a press release. And I, I remember thinking, like, this is strange. Like, who's on, you know, like, it's Facebook, it's Twitter. Like, these are my friends from, you know, college on Twitter. Why yeah. is the president on Twitter? Like, and it, it blew my mind. And then nowadays, like, that is, that is what we are, that's what we're experiencing. You're absolutely right. It is the common circle. It's it's C-SPAN. Um, it's just in Twitter form where we get to be involved as well. Um and so I totally think it's utility. I think that's a hard thing for people to wrap their mind around because I think it's moved too fast, too quickly. For it to at the beginning, I remember Facebook was only for college kids, um, and you had yeah. to have you know you had to be an alumni or have a, a college email just to get on. Uh, and that was that was a platform. It wasn't utility at that time. Um, and then all of a sudden, within I mean, what was that? And that was less than fifteen years ago. And then all of a sudden now, yeah, oh four, yeah, and all of a sudden now it's like. We've moved into a completely different world that's unrecognizable 15 years ago. In 2004, we would not even be able to recognize where we are now. And so to have to change the definition of what is a utility, what is a marketplace, I think is absolutely necessary. And I also mm. I also wonder, I guess in the, the, the further question is, the thing that makes me the most nervous is, sure, it's scary when the government gets involved. And tell me what your thoughts on this is. It's it's scary when the government gets involved and they start hunting people down or, or trying to delete them off Twitter because of something they said, even if it was against the government. But it's another thing when they're asking the fellow citizens to rat on or to flag or to um, highlight anytime they see something that they think could be flagged. And then you, you start yeah. deputizing, deputizing citizens to react to their fellow man in a sense of being, it's not the government trying to shut down free speech, now it's your neighbor. And now it's your family Absolutely. member, and I think that's when all of a sudden we've we've gone down the rabbit hole a little too far. Of going, so now it's at first you know it's you don't want Jack Dorsey to delete your tweet, but now you're you get instead if he doesn't now people on Twitter are, are commenting of saying you know I, I wish you would die you know I I don't know how many times I've seen like people wishing people would die on Twitter um, to the point yeah, where I, I mean it's a, it's outrageous I, I, it's it's weird how we got here. Um, well, yeah, but I mean, it's human nature. I mean, this is the thing. This is why America was founded um, in the way that America was founded. It was in recognition. Look at the way the Constitution was drafted. It was in recognition of separation of powers, etc. Yeah. because people are fucking animals. Yeah, They're mad. Yeah. You know, there isn't, you know, whether it's Stalin or Mao or Hitler this is in Fidel Castro. Yeah. Fidel Castro, you know, every apartment building, I think they have this in North Korea, but all the apartment buildings in Cuba, you know, you have one government apartment or one government tenant. Yeah. And they're, you know, people come and rat to them and then they pass. People love ratting on their neighbors. That is human nature. They love tearing <clears throat> their neighbors down. You think That's why you cannot allow that mechanism in the civil discourse. But they have to, they have to, they have to realize that at one point in time that I uh, maybe not, maybe I always, I keep trying to be optimistic that people are out there that are really smart and they're paying attention. And then, and then I, I think of, you know, when people are like, 
this whole cancel culture debate, you know, like you say something and then all of a sudden you lose your job at Disney or something along those lines. Um, and people are all for that. I remember, I remember back when it was um, conservative voices being shut down. From what I could tell, it seemed to be legit. I know there were some people, you know, Democrat and left, they would get kicked off Twitter as well. But there wasn't, the ratio seemed to be off. And I remember a lot of libertarians and Republicans um, kind of responding to, to people on the left of being like, you know, there's that famous quote, you know, you, they, came, they came for the trade unionists and no one, you know, yeah, I didn't yeah, speak yeah. up. That whole yeah. cliche thing. But I think that's a good point of, uh, at some point in time, you have to go, hold on, if, if, if I'm the one ratting on my neighbor, somebody in this building's ratting on me. And the idea that that's a, either you want to live there or you can't figure out your way out. It seems absurd. There's no one. No one should want to follow into that. No one should be able to look around and go. This is okay. We should. We well, should which absolutely. Which generations wrap them. avoided that? Which generations avoided that? I, I mean, who, there there isn't every every twenty years You're that right. that right. rears its ugly head. Like I, you know, as I said, you go all the way back. Stalin, Mao, Hitler, Cuba, North Korea. It is. It is. See, that's the norm in the world. That's why America was such a beacon. That's why America is important and special. I'm an, I'm an American exceptionalist. I think it's an exceptional place. I agree, yeah. Because we got here because we sought to avoid the norm, and the norm is what you're describing. Okay, yeah. To be yeah, surprised right. by it, lapping at our feet, I think is naivety. It's just it's like, yeah, it, of course that's what, that's human nature. That's why we have the separation of powers. Mm. You know, they yeah. don't teach civics in school properly any longer. They're trying to replace it with CRT. And it's just like, no, if you teach the basic fundamentals, which are, you know, along the lines of live and let live, you, yeah, you yeah. leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. Really, really. I mean, yeah. a country founded on those kind of principles, one of, the most, one of the most glorious things that's ever happened in human history. It's the greatest country that's ever existed. Yeah, and, and ever will exist. I mean, it, it really recognizes human nature. These idealists and zealots don't. The thing is, they ultimately won't win, which is great because you can't actually look. They tried it in China. You know, you, you can't demotivate people and still expect the crops every year. You yeah. know, it just it just doesn't work. You know. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and so you know, it always it always inverts and and. You know, there's enough. I'm look again. Why I'm a, an optimist on this, even though you didn't ask. It's just like <laughs> the the younger brothers and sisters and the children of this like current woke generation. They're gonna be the backlash is gonna be glorious. They're gonna yeah. be like they're gonna make me look like Mao. We're all we're uh, all waiting for that that good rebellion to come out in the next generation, which I I it, think it, you're right. it really will. I mean. You know, the, the, it's in the as an outsider to the United States, and a lifelong fan and lover of uh, America and Americana. There is something different here. You, 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 it's indomitable ultimately because you didn't ever go down the socialist route. Yeah, you might have had social programs. You might have had like you know uh, people being subsidised by the state here and there, but. There is something inherent in even the most left-wing person that the the government's uh, responsibility ends at my front gate. Yeah, you know. Yeah, no, that's. I think you might be that. You might be right. That is very unique to hear. I don't notice that because I've lived here all my life, and so there's a lot of things yeah. that I don't pay attention to, and I might be naive when it comes to you know thinking that that personal freedom, um, that personal freedom might be might be an exception. The idea that you have that 
um, you, you think that live and let live kind of concept would be an anomaly. I, I just never thought that. I, th- I thought it was too easy. Like, I thought it was too easy to pick up on that. Like, let me do my thing, you do your thing. I mean, that's kind of why I found myself in the Libertarian Party, because it, it's strange to me now that when people carry around a Gadsden flag, it says, don't tread on me. It was from Benjamin Franklin that could be seen as a white supremacist symbol. I'm like, the, the entire point of that flag is just leave me alone. Like, that's that's all of it. There's Absolutely. nothing deeper than that. It's just leave me alone. No. And so, Absolutely. or to be a fascist symbol, it just, it blows my mind. And that's when I go, okay, once what's happening so to be optimistic um i think maybe this whole year with covid and and you know being told seven different things and and noticing okay that was a lie and that was a lie and now anytime you hear anything from anything on the news or, or from the government you can almost assume it's a lie uh, and to the point where like they're 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 like oh and ten like they haven't scored anything yet um they haven't got anything right um in just this, just dealing with the pandemic in general, like it's it's been a real, real rough ride for everyone, and I think that's when people are starting to pay attention and being like, okay, something's wrong, and that's where I get wiped. I think it's so dismal. I don't know how you. It's hard to not be an optimist because I don't know how it could get any worse, and I might be naive on that one too. Do you think it's gonna? Do you think uh, we're heading yeah, in a I good route? Probably, I think it's gonna get worse. Yeah, I think I think we're. I think on our current trajectory, we're heading towards something resembling a civil war in this country. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it is going to get worse. But I think that um, it, I, I guess I, th- I, I can't see. We, we've got power in the hands of people that don't love the nation. And that's that's the a first in the U.S. in U.S. history. Yeah. You know, we don't care about this nation. We care about the powers that be don't care about the nation. The powers that be care about literally the dollar. That's all I can say. It's not a conspiracy theory. Well, that's not and new either. We are, yeah. No, we are rubes. I don't, but I, I literally, I don't even mean the dollar as wealth or that they're more interested in money. I don't mind being rich. I don't mind them all being billionaires. That's not the problem. It's the very mechanism of the way the, uh, of the per, what is the purpose of the United States? It should be for the enrichment of its citizens yeah. and it isn't anymore it is just a big cog yeah yeah in the it, it, it's it's a big cog in the distribution of the dollar that's it wow you know yeah i suit you and, saying and, now, yeah. and yeah so i'm not like i'm not anti-capitalist i'm like so pro free market it's ridiculous i would love one we don't have yeah, one. we don't have one <laughs> there's a there's you know? a there's a common saying that um it, once again a libertarian movement this is why i think i think you 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 teeter on the edge a lot but there's a you know people always say that you know real socialism socialism has never been tried um in the libertarian things they say real capitalism has never been tried oh, absolutely. and so um that's a that's another singapore comes close singapore comes close i don't know it's enough impressive. about singapore but i would i would probably assume yeah i don't know enough about it but you're saying they come close to having a free market mm. really yeah they I'll do look into that yeah i wonder how they function yeah. on that what what currency well, they, do they use? Well, they have their own Singapore. Was it? I don't know what it is. A Singapore dollar, is it called? Maybe. Okay. But but you know, they, they, the guy just rented the island in the nineteenth century and then just created Singapore. And, oh wow! And okay. The, yeah, and then the um, but the guy that really turned it into this, you know, the the economic miracle that it is, he was. Uh, Singaporean, obviously. I think he, he he ruled Singapore for decades. Don't know any of their names. I just pick up all these anecdotes from beer mats or whatever. Yeah. And he, um, 
he said, uh, they, they basically, how did you create this economic miracle? And he was basically, I think he was studying at Oxford in the 1940s okay. at the end of World War II. And the socialist government came in, basically, um, Winston Churchill, in 1945, the year he won the war, yeah. got voted out in a landslide where they brought in all their socialist policies like the national health, etc. And he was in England at the time uh, at Oxford. And uh, they said, well, you know, how did you perform this economic miracle on Singapore? And he said, well, I was at Oxford in 1945 when the Labour government got in. And he said, uh, I just swore that I would do exactly the opposite of everything they did. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And it worked. You know, um, so, yeah, I always keep an eye on Singapore. It, 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 it's, again, it's just, it's very United States in that, you know, it was just a completely unused, untapped resource, just an island. And, you know, Margaret Thatcher said about the United States, you know, that England is a country built on a history and the United States is a country built on a philosophy. Yeah. And the, the, that philosophy is, don't underestimate it. Coming from outside, just don't underestimate it. It, yeah. is, it, it. it might not have been there in 1815, you know. It might not have been there in 1855. But generation after generation, it's really, really in the leather now of yeah. the United States. It's indomitable. So I do believe if, you know, you end up having space colonies, there will be... Eventually, that's how interplanetary um, populations will go. Each planet will be a country, basically. And, it, you know, the United States is such such a unique, modern way to run a nation. It's, it's just so fantastic. And, it is, you know, it's been hijacked by people that don't have its best interests at heart. They are unwittingly, this is AOC to Biden, to everybody on the left, they are unwittingly the puppets of huge corporations. It's exactly what happened with Brexit. You had yeah. hardcore left-wing people understanding that the EU, I mean, the, 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 the coalition that created Brexit from Nigel Farage supposedly on the right, even though really 30 years ago he would have just been a normal conservative, to hardcore communists all coming together because they could see that what they were doing was signing over democratic national powers to an to unelected bureaucrats yeah. to unelected bodies yeah and you know there was enough of a glint in people's eyes in britain to and, and britain ain't america you know so it's going to be really difficult to to completely close the lid on the united states because that philosophy is still alive very yeah. much so yeah i think i i agree i i get a little nervous when when not nervous i guess nervous isn't the right thing um, uh, cause I've, I've had, matter of fact, I have a conversation come up with another friend of mine. He's a writer and, uh, he wrote a book, um, he writes fantasy novels, but one of them is he's, he's a libertarian and he spends a lot of time dealing with civil war and civil conflict and revolutions. And so I'm going to talk to him about, but I, I always get weirded out when civil war comes up because I don't think anyone wants to see that. And I think mm -hmm. I heard someone say recently, it's like, well, how, how do you, how do we get i think i think we've gone so far i don't know how we go back to normal and even in my lifetime not paying attention to politics i've never seen it quite like this um i i mean just the idea that parts of oregon want to secede into was it utah um because they're tired mm. of being part of oregon and and things like that and i and, and i'm from texas and there was always a joke growing up that you know texas you piss us off we're going to secede again like we'll do it um 
And then I'm in a day and age now where I'm, you know, 36 and Texas might secede. Like <laughs> this might actually happen. And then you had, but it didn't make it didn't make any sense. Like I was like, this is all non. This is never going to happen. And then the election, you had states suing other states. You had, um, I forgot who it was in California. I don't think it was Newsom, but he said during the election, he said, if Trump gets reelected, I think California should secede. Like, that was something they said. This is a government official. Like, these are people mm. in power, in charge of states, saying that, you know, if this one person gets into office for the next four years, we should just head on out. And that's when I'm I'm stepping back going like, well, how how does, I mean, unless a Messiah figure shows up that everybody agrees and then, but if that, and then brings the country back together. But even then, if that happened, um, every Christian has read Revelations and be like, well, okay, obviously that's the Antichrist. And so then, then you lose the entire Christian population. Um, I don't well, know how it's, you... it's true. Look, it's where you started this interview, really. It, it, it is the, um, it, it is the, oh, geez. It is entirely what is the nation, what is the the point of the nation, you know, yeah. literally what um, what is its purpose. The when we started the interview, you were talking about a you know the, the uh, sorry, it's all on the tip of my tongue. You were talking about there being one person to come and rally everybody. Yeah, to, yeah. You know, and as you're saying, according to Revelation, that's more likely to be the Antichrist. The, the, that one person, this is almost like a C.S. Lewis thing or something, that one person is the United States. It might just be the Constitution. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, that's why I'm saying Trump might be the John the Baptist, you know, the actual Messiah yeah, yeah. itself is the United States, I think. That's the thing. I and think that allegory, that makes sense, yeah. And, and I think it's it's, and that's why um, it's a terrible thing. But you know, people always say, you know, war. What is it good for? And I'm like, well, trade, change, <laughs> commerce, yeah. art, poetry. You know, it actually does quite a lot of good. It's certainly a bloodletting. You know. Yeah, that's um, a good point. Uh, I, I, I'm not. Um, I, I do think some things are worth fighting for, and I, I do think that. Um, the many evidently successful philosophies that have come from the United States proven to work. It's like figuring out fucking algorithms. The United States has done things that, if you don't believe in conspiracy theories, if you don't believe in alien technology, etc., the United States has figured out shitloads of stuff and done tons of stuff and, you know, gone from... Yeah. You know, gone from um, uh, horse and buggy to the moon in like seventy years. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like it, it, it's done amazing things. Proven, if it was a scientific experiment, it would be Jesus. You could not argue with the success because of the way, the unique way it it motivates people to succeed. It seeks for. If that's going to be hijacked by somebody, that very philosophy will just find a new place find to do it. Place. That's a good point. That's a good point. Well, I mean, we're not geographically bound here, you know. But you have to think the philosophy itself, that philosophy, the, the thing that created all this ingenuity in America, might actually was birthed from the philosophy. So instead of people creating or powering the philosophy, I mean, the Wright brothers built the plane because there wasn't a socialist program going saying, you know, all the wood, half of your wood needs to go towards the schoolhouse. Whereas, and they're like, well, I'm going to use what wood I have to 
build a plane like who thought that would be a good idea and just they had the freedom and they weren't being robbed tooth and nail of everything they worked for so they're allowed to do stuff like this let's let's try this out let's fly a freaking kite in the in the storm um because what better else thing because because when someone's saying i can't no one's standing there saying you can't because if if there was someone always in charge going you can't fly that kite then we wouldn't have the certain things and that's i i agree i just think the philosophy itself is I think that's what is building the ingenuity. I don't think the ingenuity is what powers the philosophy. I do think the philosophy can. I think it will. I think it will 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 out. I guess would be the phrase. Um, I think it will always come because at the end of the day, the next generation. I think you're absolutely right. The next generation is going to show up and be like, "Remember those things our parents did that were stupid? Um, let's just do mm. the opposite of that and see how wild they get. Let's see how mad they get." I think we're heading towards that, and so. Um, that might be the, I think, I think once you instill this, you know what, maybe you're right. I think once you, once you taste the bit of freedom, if, unless they can slowly stifle and suffocate that out of a people over a long enough period of time, I think every generation is going to come back. I don't think it's going to work. Yeah. I think, I think yeah, I'm very much optimistic Look, about it. The Soviet Union had 69 years of every billboard, every radio station, every TV station, everything for 69 years. They indoctrinated your granddad, your dad, and you. And yet the whole thing fell apart in about an hour. Yeah, that's a good point. You know? Yeah. I I just, I refuse to be intimidated by any of this nonsense. It just never works, never has worked. Always, always the indomitable human spirit uh, shines through. Every single time. Yeah. So... I don't care if we have to go through this recalibration, this reminder of why we are here, why we are anti-authoritarianism in whatever shape or form. You know, it's always going to find a shape that surprises you so that every generation can kind of go like, well, I wouldn't have put up with Hitler. I would have stood against him. It's just like, well, you're kind of signing up to something kind of Hitlerian now. Yeah. 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 But that's human nature. Again, they just can't see it. They, you know, but that's why we have the Constitution. That's why we literally had to... You have guys who all hated each other sitting around going, okay, right, we literally... Can we say anything we want? Yeah, we should add that. Let's put that in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? and, and because we're idiots, because we're chimps, because the human animal... It, we're 10,000 years out of the cave, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Unless you believe in the Nephilim and stuff, you know, it's just it's like we, we we aren't that savvy, and we we do revert to. I mean, look, when you've still got humans with phobias, these are all survival techniques from when they were saber to tigers. Yeah, you I know agree. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like we are ten thousand years out of the caves, so we had to write down a list. You know, the algorithm, the, the Constitution is just a set of algorithms. It's just like if then. If but, but then, you know, and all that. Yep. Fabulous. It's absolutely, and yeah, wholly necessary because we cannot be trusted to figure it out all <laughs> our, ourselves. Yeah. And that's never going to end. That's the beautiful thing. When you read Shakespeare, when you read Don Quixote, these are people 500 years ago, recognizable characters. When yeah. you read, you know, fiction from Nairobi, it's completely recognizable from people 5,000 miles away, 10,000 miles away, you know? Yeah, people because don't change that much. It's, never. It they never do. We are so we are so crap. That's what I love about the human race. It's just like any, uh, you know, this is oh Jesus. The idea that anybody thinks that they have any superiority, I'm like, 
No, we literally were humans, and if we're humans, we are therefore rubbish. We are naked in the sight <laughs> of God. That's basically it. Yeah. That's the great joke, you know. God, God laughs when we make plans, etc. Yeah, yeah, you that's know? that's good. Hey, man, I got. And, oh, you know, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I had a, I had a question. No, I got nothing. Oh, <laughs> I, I have one. I have one. I actually have a last question I want to ask you. So I think I want to hear your opinion on this. This is something I've been thinking about a lot, and it lines right up with free speech. <clears throat> and and I might be wrong on this, but it seems to be, I mean, not to diminish like war heroes or something like that, but I've had this conversation with friends. Um, it, it seems that over the generations, you know, in the past, people had people they really looked up to. People, even not just political, but just like, um, you know, JFK and Martin Luther King and like these people that were heroes of their time, the people that you look up to, like these are the people that you want to lean on, almost like the Marvel characters, but in real life, they were actual heroes in real life that you really, so like Trump would be one for you. You know what I'm saying? Like that would be a hero. Yeah. Um, whereas I might not say hero. I, I still wonder like, where does those, because you, to be a hero, if you had to become president to be a hero, then obviously none of us are ever going to get there. But I, I think I think this idea of this iconic hero, this image of what what people need to look up to, have hope or have you know faith that they're going to get through the next thing. I'm wondering nowadays what I'm noticing is it has a lot to do with free speech because um, never in a time before, like if you wanted to show you're courageous, you'd run into a burning building. But now to be courageous, it's just to be honest and open and authentic in, in a public sphere. Because that gets you shunned, it gets you shamed, it gets you... I'm very quiet on social media. I, I rarely show my cards. But I definitely notice when people go, you know, to hell with it. This is what I think. And then, and through that, like, um, I mean, you've had a ton of people on your podcast who have done stuff like that. Zuby is one of them. Um, and I, I just love the idea. It's like, this is what I think. This is the truth. That This is exactly the truth. And if you can prove me wrong, you're free to do it. Just go in and try. And and I'm, yeah. I'm sitting back going, like, if they're stifling anything... If if the government or the corporations or the world itself is trying to snuff out the idea of a hero, it would definitely, in our day and age, might not be the firefighter going into a burning building. It might just be someone being like, you know what? You want to take my job? Take my job. You know, you, you, you want to get me fired? Get me fired. Watch this. I mean, I know a ton of people that I follow um, that were quote-unquote cancel cultured or, or no, they were canceled. And then they just went on to build amazing careers. I mean, this happened a long time ago. It was before cancel culture was actually a conversation yeah, piece. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Do you think today's heroes are going to be built out of the people who just didn't care that people were saying you can't say that in all aspects? Or how does that play into it? Well, yeah, I guess some of them are bound to be. Yeah. Some of them are bound to be. Um, and some of them are just a-holes as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's that's like true. Some of them are just... That's true. This is the thing, you know, but again, that's the point really with free speech. It's like, you know, I'll stick up for the rights of a-holes to be a-holes, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know whether the people being cancelled are heroes. I just know that the people doing the cancelling are tyrants. That's the point. Well, what, I, is, I, I don't... what do tyrants make then? It, that's, well, that's the point. Aren't they creating heroes regardless no, of how they're trying to do? No, no, no. You can, you, you, you can have loads of anonymous victims of tyranny. Okay. Oh, maybe not heroes, martyrs. Then I would go martyr out. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. No, martyrs. That's that's what I was more going for. Um, the idea of a martyr. Um, maybe not yeah, so much. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that's you know they they are creating generations of them. No, no doubt about that at all. Yeah. Um, but but again, it's the it's the 
the mistake I think a lot of us are making is concentrating on the cancel culture. You know, we're, we're, we're addressing the symptom, not the cause. And the yeah. cause for me is centralizing power. Uh, any unelected power agree. is always going to corrupt and you're always going to end up with uh, tyranny. All government power is ultimately uh, deployed at the point of a gun if you yeah. disagree with it. Yeah. But that doesn't that's not fresh enough in our culture's memory um, to really have any resonance. One of the reasons why I think we might be heading towards a civil war because nobody really has a memory of what a war is, you know. Yeah, indeed. That when people say, you know, your tweet was violence, um, I don't know if people know what violence actually is. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. And that makes. But me I mean, they'll change the meaning of the word violence to be, you know, I mean, in law in England now, you know, maybe it's been about twenty, thirty years actually. They changed the meaning of assault. So you can be assaulted if you fear that there is going to be physical violence. So if you're in fear of physical violence without receiving any physical violence, if you believe that can be an assault. Jesus. When, how do you draw um, redraw lines in the sand so far back to some point in time where it's, I mean, everyone says it. we're moving into mind police where someone, you know, say someone assaulted me with a microaggression, even though they weren't even in the room. Well, this is it. Well, this is why the libertarians, you know, the libertarians are always on to something, you know, with the idea that, you know, the the, the individual rights are supreme above, you know, above all else. Above, they, you know, their instincts are completely right in that area. The the way, it's a little bit like the Hindus with the Sikhs. You know, the Hindus needed the Sikhs as a kind of battle Mm -hmm. um, uh, warrior force, if you like, to um, protect them. It's a little bit like that. The the libertarians for me are they're right but they're playing the end game they've got no idea about the, how to get from here yeah. to utopia they're utopians yeah know? yeah yeah we will i mean um, i have that conversation well honestly a lot of them are anti-utopianism um a lot of libertarians i oh, know are okay. absolutely they don't believe in the idea of utopia they think the idea of trying to get to utopia is what automatically disqualifies it as becoming a utopia because oh, you're trying to establish I've an order yeah, I mean, I might run with a weird group, um, but a lot of them are like, no. <laughs> no, um, I'm sure you don't. I'm uh, sure you don't. A, a utopian. I mean, I, I, I definitely talk to a lot of thinkers. They're they're deep in the idea of philosophy, and they think about yeah. this a lot. And so their idea, what is a utopia? And a utopia is whatever it is, as long as you have the freedom to pursue it. Um, so my yeah. utopia looks different than your utopia. And saying that there's a collective global utopia means somebody's getting kicked out and that means there's a tyrant doing yeah. something and so f- philosophically it sounds absurd but at the same time they're not wrong if 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 75 percent of americans agree one thing is good that last 25 are getting kicked um and we saw that i mean it, we we see that all the time the majority i mean america yeah. was it was built to not be majority rule that's why we have the electoral college like it's meant to not allow you know, fifty-one percent to rule over forty-nine. It's, it's it's supposed to be a mechanism against that kind of concept. Um, and I think when it comes to libertarians, I think they're smart, man. I think I think you're right. They're heading to an end game. I think they're playing they're playing they're playing chess um, at a checkers game. I think that might be what it is. I think they're thinking yeah, a yeah, little too no, hard I think at so. it. Yeah, I think that's um, a good analogy. But yeah. I, and where I where I where I butt up against libertarians often, and I think it's because they're so far ahead going. Well, if we could just if we could just have our you know basic negative rights, everything would go back to the way it should be, and and 
my my only play is going you have to convince people that negative right you have to convince people that you know this amount of freedom this this complete anti-authoritarianism is good for them as well but most people don't know what freedom is you know they don't know what it's like to to have that kind of a freedom like we said like a true capitalism has never been tried and so to convince the the majority of the population that libertarianism is good is not going to be because you got elected and then proved it you're never going to get that i told you so moment no one's going to elect a libertarian because they they're promising hey just because we wear boots on our heads uh, you get all kinds of it, it's freedom's awesome it's like you have to rule the culture nail the culture and i think we're doing i think we're pulling a lot of i'm hearing conversations on major podcasts with people that i think zuby's a libertarian and these people are all coming out of the woodworks of having grand ideas and, and really thought-provoking concepts and lining up with a libertarian party and all of a sudden now there's a i remember growing up even the green party was a joke like it was no one cared and now i'm seeing a ton of people who are are winking at least at libertarianism so i would give and this is the same thing i told larry sharp who, who's a big libertarian i told him Give it 10 years. Give it 10 years, and I could see a third party popping up. Um, even quicker if a civil war breaks out. If a civil war breaks out, I could see libertarians jumping in on the forefront of that one. Yeah, uh, yes, I, I, and, you know, and it's kind of yes, but not until then. It's Yeah, um, yeah that's that's the key. Look, the, 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 I mean, I suppose no political party really agrees between itself. Yeah, I they just, all fight. It is a burning they, they, house. There's infighting in all of them. Listen, yeah. I'm just saying, I think that the amount of... The, just the, the amount of opportunities the um, libertarians of... I like the libertarians, okay? I'd love to be a libertarian. I've, I'm, you know, I'm not even... A, you know, I'm a registered Republican, but I'm a conservative, and I think conservative is the best kind of description, mm -hmm. ultimately, that meshes best with human nature that again i i do think that un unless there's a war a civil war the libertarians can't, they just don't stand a chance and what yeah. they what they inadvertently do is drain any kind of support away from conservatives <laughs> you're not wrong it, man. you're not wrong it's you're not wrong it's just did you ever used to see earthworm jim yeah i remember the video game i don't know about the show i think it was a video game Great before show. it was a show or maybe it was when I used versa. to be somebody, I actually flew to New York from the UK for the season premiere. Really? But, nice. um, yeah, I was yeah. obsessed with Earthworm Jim, but there was a really wonderful sidekick character called Puppy Pete. Uh -huh. yeah, it was yeah. voiced by the Earthworm Jim was voiced by Dan Castellaneta. It was, um, uh, so you know, he did Earthworm Jim and Homer. Oh, okay, um, yeah, yeah. But he had a sidekick character called Puppy Pete. And puppy Pete was just this cute little puppy, uh, but every time there was a big fight, every time that the whole thing kicked off and that there was some sort of big intergalactic battle, puppy Pete would turn into like the puppy equivalent of the Incredible Hulk. Okay, but yeah, then, yeah. but he would attack Earthworm Jim, so his sidekick. <laughs> yeah, and it was this great kind of Greek tragedy kind of element to it. It was very, very subversive. I know? see where you're going, and that's how I feel about the libertarians. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's like. Can you just, can you just not, just side with the conservatives until we get through this? And it's like, no, we're going to drain power away from you. It's like, uh, oh well. I'll give you, I'll give you a heads up. I think the majority of them, I think, I think our, our state of the world now, I think the majority of them are, and I would say, you know, being libertarian is kind of like being a, a contrarian in all sense. So whoever's in power at the time, to be libertarian means to to really show your colors in the opposite spectrum. And so nowadays, 
and I mean, honestly, and I say this multiple times, uh, and I wasn't sure about it. I was like, well, who knows? You know, Biden, who knows? Like, I, I wouldn't trust him with my kids. Um, you know, I, there's a lot of things about him I, I was very nervous about. And then, and then eight months in, I'm like, Jesus. Like, and then it makes me go back. Knowing what I know now, I, I probably should have voted uh, this year. <laughs> like, like I never have I ever been like, I, I think I should have voted. Normally, I'm like, well, I didn't vote. It doesn't matter. And this year yeah. alone, I'm going, how... How many bad things can happen so quickly? Um, and I can't, and the argument is, you know, incompetence or malice and, or maybe both at the same time. And I don't know where that stands, but um, I, I like, I think because, because of where we are now, most libertarians lean, have, I personally lean heavily conservative. Um, but I also came probably more from a, cons- I don't know, I was, I was very much in, in definitely centrist. Um, but I'm probably leaning more conservative because of what I'm seeing now. But I, I like, I think libertarians are great. I think libertarians are the ones you send out in front um, in a metaphorical like strategy. Because if you, if you, if you point out like, hey, we shouldn't even be taxation, all of taxation theft. Like that's a great point. People go, wait, hold on. Is all taxation theft? Well, now at least you got a conversation that needs to be thought of. Because before libertarians, no one even thought about tax being theft. They're like, God, they keep taking more money out of my paycheck. But, you know, like roads got to be paved. But now you have libertarians going taxation, all of it's theft. And they go, well, how do you how do you pay for roads? And then we go, well, let's talk about the private sector. And then and now all of a sudden you have common Americans thinking about real things that could affect them on a personal level. And so that's where I kind of tip my hat to libertarians on that room. I, I, I like I said, uh, I love the libertarians. I, I, I really do. They are just, the crazy um, uncle at the party. Like a lot of them are the crazy uncle at the party, um, and you need that for a good story most of the time. You do, you do. There's a, you know, I think that they are the the conscience in many. I mean, you know, for for a while there, they kept the um, they kept the dream alive. You yeah. know, so I no, I got nothing but time for them. But it, it it's um, I'm not sure that they should be involved in party politics because that it it isn't in any in our lifetimes it isn't going to turn into anything but depletion of votes for conservatives that that's the issue i have i mean again it's how nigel farage managed to undermine the conservative party you know it's uh, you know well then you have someone um, like Rand paul i mean i would say he is i mean even larry elder who just ran for governor out there he was uh, uh, he almost stood on a libertarian platform. Um, I agree. Uh, but so again, I'm, I'm not this, saying you know, he this... didn't turn it into a libertarian. He ran as a Republican, but as a libertarian who is Republican. I think they, that might be the, the ace in the hole. Well, this is the problem, though. But then, you know, you can get beaten by Newsom. You know, it, it, it's just yeah. like I just think, I, you know, Larry Elder, I want running in absolutely everything, yeah. you know. But I just think in the real world, Larry Elder can only run as a Republican. If he'd run as uh, an independent or a, uh, a libertarian, I- I'm sorry. I just don't think the culture is there yet, mm. not in our lifetimes, for us to be able to process that. Yeah. I think an, an evolution of the Democrats or the uh, Republicans, absolutely, I totally get that. I, you know, I really support the Tea Party taking over the Republican Party. I think that's, I think that's, again, I think it's it's kind of in the DNA of the culture to have the Democrat Party or the Republican Party. I think that makes sense. I think 
I tell you what, it almost feels like the libertarians are being tricked into running as libertarians because they'd have to uh, explain to the 95% of the population that don't know who they are or what they are. They, that would take one generation. Yeah. Then they'd have to start competing with parties that are similar to them. That's a second generation. Then they'd have to start like competing with parties that oppose them. So, so you know, you, you've got them tied up for 100 years just by you know, the normal political shenanigans, you know? Mm. It's just like, no, be um, entryists into the Republican Party. Take over the Republican Party from the inside. See, that's actually time. where I was going. I was like, maybe maybe the idea isn't turning libertarians, to Repu- turning libertarians into Republicans, but maybe the job is for libertarians to make more Republicans more libertarian. Still be 100%. Republicans, but a little bit more on the freedom, less authoritative. Um, 100%. Yeah. We might agree on that. You know, I this think, is the I think thing. That's, that's a good. That's a good starting point. That's a good yeah. starting point. Yeah, but that, that's what that's what bugs me about the libertarians. It's like whether they like it or not. They, you know, it's like leaving the interior light in your car on overnight. You know, they do drain the battery eventually. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and yeah, and it, it you know goodwill is seeping away into those, and they have great philosophical debates. They have great. Um, they have great arguments. I mean, then they're not wrong, but they're a bit unrealistic in certain areas that makes them easy to... uh, Remember the thing that that you're trying to get votes from human beings. This is my point every single time. It's just like, you're trying to get votes from my mum, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's just like, going in as a political purist is just... It's just not going to work. Yeah, it just no, is agree. not going to work. It's yeah. just like that. In in most people's homes, the needle moves about yay much. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like no, we've got a whole new philosophy on how to do this. It probably isn't going to fly. But the Republican brand is tried and tested. So is the Democrat brand, brand, by the way. And it's exactly what the leftists have done into the Democrat Party. So you know what source for the goose is source for the gander. You know the left wing have taken over the Democrat Party or are genuinely attempting to. And Biden is pandering to the squad, etc. It's like, well, yeah, we have to do that on the right. Well, maybe in the opposite direction. And so, say so you have the left taking over the Democratic Party, and and we'll end with this one. But you have, you know, Biden going far more leftist into like socialism and communism. That that kind of leftist. When I say leftist, that's what I mean. Like the the hard. And we can't call them the Democratic Party. We call them the Democrat Party. The, that's what they call. Yeah, the Democrat Party. I'm sorry. Um, but they're more authoritative. That's the the hard left will be the authoritative wing of the Democrat Party. I would say on the right to if we're going to be split apart this far, I would say the right is moving into more libertarian, less authoritative. Um, at least is what it looks like. One hundred percent. Yeah. And so, yeah. so maybe there is room for libertarians, but if there is, it's probably not going to be on the Liberta- left. Look, libertarians and libertarianism. I'm sorry, I got you going on about this forever, and no, 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 no one's it's like, really important. No one cares. <laughs> I love the libertarians, and I love libertarianism. I hate the name. Yeah. I hate its. I hate its current manifestation. Mm-hmm. I hate their just just absurdity of the angels dancing on the head of a pin yeah. kind of um, debates. It's just like you know, like I said, the minute they they somebody proposes no driver's licenses, I'm like, you're never going to get a vote. <laughs> you just you, 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 nobody's going to vote for you. It's absurd. Well, Paul, here's what I'll say: just keep an eye out. Keep an eye out. Those libertarians. One day they might not drain the battery of the car. They might just be powering it. And so that's, yeah, no, that's it. Might happen. Might no, happen. I, but I don't know. I if want them to be. Look, look at Might Trump, not be in our know. day. Might not be in our day. <laughs> might be but way look at what long. Trump did. You know, Tr- Trump, 
Trump became president. That's true. And, you That's know, true. Trump, John Q. Citizen apparently was a Democrat, you know, mm-hmm. used the um, used the vehicle of the Republican Party. It's I don't want theorists. I want people to get power. Yeah. I agree. They're not going to get power. I agree. That's how you get your hands on the, the the actual kind of toys, and that's what annoys me about them. Is this like they're not wrong? Yeah. I, I don't think there are too many citizens in the United States that, if you went through the general philosophies of the libertarians, would argue with them. You know? Yeah, I don't think so. But yeah. The presentation, their strategy, everything is a bag of cats. Basically, yeah. they they just <laughs> you know. I love that. That actually is great. That that could be true. Um, that's a great you analogy. Know? The bag of cats. Um, I could see that for sure. Yeah. But Trump saw power went directly to where the power right. is. You know, it's like Dillinger. Why do you rob banks? That's where the money is. Why exactly. do you join the Republican Party? Because that's where the power is. Yeah. That's where go where the power is. Okay. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I think that's smart strategy. Um, for sure. Hey, hey, Paul, man, I absolutely enjoyed this conversation. Um, hopefully it wasn't a waste of your time just writing about libertarians. <laughs> but you know no, what? I love it. I it's love a good, it. it's a I good talk about. It's a it's, talk about that all night. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a, it's a good starting point for where I'm at. Um, I, I absolutely love your podcast, man. I'm going to be following for oh, a while. You. It's it's really good. Uh, definitely look up to that. And uh, just enjoyed having a conversation with you. I really wanted to find someone I could talk to about freedom of speech because I knew how many webs it shoots out into everything else. And that's why I was like, I have a lot of questions. And so I got to hash those out with somebody. I know you probably have these topics a lot with other people. Um, and especially because you do your own interviews as well. It makes it easier for, for me to toss bounce questions off you and maybe less interview style a little bit more conversation and uh, i enjoy that especially with hard questions yeah well i enjoy i enjoyed it enormously i appreciate you having me on i really do yeah absolutely do you want to tell everyone listening uh, if they don't know who you are already um do you want to see where they nah, can find nah, you no no nope. that's a problem i'll have to solve myself no nobody's heard of me and uh <laughs> that's my fault no no so that's, that's not true we're not going to sully this with some kind of vulgar price taggery no you got it's, it uh that's fair. No. The, if anybody wants me, they can find me. No, it, uh, absolutely true. Yeah, absolutely true. Um, if anyone wants me, they can't. And so um, <laughs> I'm a libertarian. I'm off the grid. Um, I'll be in my cabin in the woods. Anyway, yeah, I absolutely love the conversation, man. I'm going to let you go. Um, uh, maybe in the future when I'm running for office as a libertarian president, I'll give you a call up. And uh, <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm never going to It'll run. be a reverse. I'm sure you'll be reversing the charges. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, absolutely but yeah you have a wonderful night man I really appreciate it ditto thank you hey thanks for tuning in again to this week of the Pardonable Podcast if you enjoyed this episode go ahead and hit a like and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to it on and uh, if you do me a favor and you want to check out my social media you can find the podcast at Pardonable Pod on Twitter and on Instagram and if you want to follow my personal it's Pardonable Art on Instagram and Twitter um, and if you don't have social medias but you still want to check out the artwork that I do or anything else that I'm involved in you can go to Pardonable.com but once again I appreciate you listening, and uh, we will see you back next week. Bye, guys.